On today's show, the Houston Rockets picking up the Summer League dub against the San Antonio Spurs. Jabari Smith and Tari Eason absolutely clamp City in this game. Bari and Tari getting it done on the defensive end of the floor. Also, Jabari Smith's best offensive game of Summer League. Tari Eason continues to impress on that end of the floor as well. And some really impressive guard play out of Dacian Nix and Josh Christopher. We're going to break it all down for you right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. You get somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come, come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays, host of the State of the Rockets podcast, as well as the founder of ClutchCityControlroom.com. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe. What was your favorite thing about the Rockets win against the San Antonio Spurs? Did you like Jabari Smith's performance? Tari Eason? What about Dacia Nix? Let me know in the YouTube comments. So let's break down what went th- what went on in this game. Jabari Smith Jr., his best overall summer league game to this point. Tari Eason continues to impress. Is he the steal of the NBA draft? Dacia Nix, a pair of back-to-back really solid performances. I said not to over to overreact to his performance in game one of Summer League. And look at that. He's making me look like a smart man. I love that. We're going to break down all of that. Let's start with just kind of some of the game flow itself and, and, and Jabari Smith's performance in this one because this really was his best Summer League game so far of the three that he's played. He really looked like, I mean, he's continued to look better and better across each game. Every, it feels like every minute that he's on the floor, he starts to look better and better, right? He, he started in the second half of the very first game against the Orlando Magic. In this game, though, he really felt like he started to slow things down and, and really let things come to him. He finished the night 19 points, 9 rebounds, had an assist, had a couple steals, had a block, 6 of 12 shooting overall, 3 of 5 from downtown, and then 4 of 5 from the charity stripe. A just really solid all-around offensive game from Jabari Smith Jr. And I, I got the chance to ask Coach Higgins after the game what he thought about Jabari's offensive production in this one. How do you feel about Jabari's production today offensively? I felt great about it. He was able to get to his spots simpler just by kind of playing a little bit simpler, taking a little bit of pressure off himself, which led to the game coming to an easier. And then it led to him starting to make some physical plays, some effort plays, like his offensive rebound at the end. Like it was just the way he decided to put his energy level into the game was my favorite part. Couldn't agree more with Coach Higgins. It, it feels like Jabari let the game kind of come to him in this one, and it does feel like the guards especially, shout out to Dacian Nix, we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode, it does feel like the guards are doing 
a much, much better job of delivering the basketball to him in places where he can then, you know, make the right move, make the right read, be effective with it, getting to his spots. I mean, the very first triple of the game for Jabari Smith came off of a very simple pick and pop play where he set the screen for Dacian Nix and he popped out to the perimeter. Dacian drove hard to the rim. And he delivered the bounce pass back out to Jabari Smith through the pocket, through the little window in the defense beautifully. And having sat in on, you know, a little bit of Rockets practice over this summer league stint, you know, that's something that they emphasized, right, is the ability to run their actions offensively and collapse the defense into the paint and then deliver the ball back out to the perimeter, right? They spent a, a good chunk, a good moment on figuring out, all right, how do we have this guy here? You set the screen this way. And when you go in, you have to deliver the pass in this little window right here at this exact moment. So it's cool to see Dacian Nix kind of capitalizing on that knowledge. It's cool to see Jabari Smith Jr. being put in positions where he can be successful. And offensively, it felt like he was really kind of coming into his own, getting some easy opportunities. Again, 60% shooting from downtown, right? Hit three triples. That's huge for Jabari. But not only that, he got to the free throw line a few times, right? I think that there are, you know, there are legitimate concerns about his handle. I'm not going to pretend that there's not. He had one opportunity in transition where he got the outlet pass and he had basically a free breakaway layup and he couldn't handle the rock, right? Turned it over because he he lost his handle. There was another one where, you know, he kind of bobbled the ball a little bit. So, so the handle, you know, especially at high speed in transition, not necessarily the most fluid, not the best, right? But he's still got an effective handle, right? When he puts the ball on the floor, especially off the catch, that's something that really stood out to me in this game is his ability to attack off the catch. When he, you know, somebody kicks the ball out to him at the three-point line, he can take that one-two dribble in and either pull up for the jumper or just a couple strong dribbles towards the rim and then swing it to the next man. He's very capable of that. And I think he's got kind of underrated court vision at this point because he constantly is looking for the kick ahead pass and transition. He's constantly looking to make the right read offensively he Had one where he pulled down an offensive rebound over two guys surveyed the floor for a moment and then found Ty Ty Washington hit Ty Ty who was cutting towards the rim and then Ty Ty finished with an easy layup right at the cup. So I'm impressed by the offensive side of things for Jabari, but defense is where he made the game change. And that's going to be the area where regardless of if he's delivering offensively, right? If the shot's not falling, he is still going to be able to impact and change the game defensively. This Rockets team gave up 34 points in the second quarter of this game. They allowed just 11 points in the third quarter and then 19 points in the final frame for a total of 30 second half points. And Jabari Smith Jr. was a huge reason for that. Jabari Smith, but I, you know, I'm not going to give him all the credit, right? This Rockets team, Tari Eason was playing great defense, Dacian, Josh Christopher, the entire team really locked in defensively in that second half. But the anchor for their defense is Jabari Smith Jr., right? Because he is the guy who is kind of at especially playing at that five spot at one of those two forward spots he's lower in the defense so he sees everything his communication is out of this world in this game I had the opportunity to sit right on the baseline so in the second half when the Rockets flipped things and their defense was on my side of the court I could hear 
everything, all the communication. Jabari Smith is constantly talking on defense throughout a play. He's calling out switches. He's yelling at guys. He's he's quarterbacking the defense. And even during dead ball situations, there was a moment where the Spurs were getting ready to inbound the ball after it got tipped out of bounds or something. And Jabari was communicating with Ty Ty Washington. They were on the weak side of the floor and he was communicating with Ty Ty. He was like, hey, we're going to handle the switch this way. Like, that level of communication and an IQ defensively does not grow on trees. And for him to be able to really quarterback the Rockets defense that way and really have his mindset on, on being that vocal leader defensively, it rubs off on his teammates, right? And we saw everybody, we saw the entire Rockets team really buy in defensively in that second half. And it's not just his vocal, you know, leadership defensively. He leads by example defensively, right? He changes the game for the Rockets on the defensive side of the floor. Just the sheer intimidation factor, his size, his length near the rim. He changes so many shots by giving really great contests, whether it's out on the perimeter, whether it's right there at the rim. He gets his hands up. He contests well. He moves his feet well defensively. He had a, you know, he had that one block on a drive where it looked like he kind of got beat and he was still able to get back, recover, and not, you know, swat the ball out of bounds. Little block party bari for you, if you will. I think there's the the one caveat that I have for his defensive acumen so far is it feels like there's times where he does a really stellar job on the actual defensive possession itself, whether it's out on the perimeter, whether it's on the interior guarding and then contesting. And then sometimes I think he gets caught a little bit ball watching right after the defensive possession is is over. Right. Like there were a couple times where. He had a really solid contest, like out on the perimeter, moved his feet well, stuck in front of his defender, got his hand up, great contest, forced a missed shot, and then didn't immediately turn around to secure the rebound. The one that really stands out in my mind was he had one on the left wing in the first half where then the ball made it bad. The player who shot the ball, I can't remember the Spurs player name, unfortunately, the player who shot the ball immediately ran back in and got his own rebound off of a, again, it was a beautiful contest by Jabari, but he didn't finish off the possession by securing a strong defensive rebound. So it's a small caveat at this point. I'm not going to blow it out of proportion. I'm not going to say it's a huge, you know, red flag or anything. It's just one of those awareness things that, Hey, you got to finish off. You you might have defended the possession beautifully for 90% of it. Right. But you got to close things out with getting a strong defensive rebound when he's not part of the action. When he's not actively involved in defending somebody, Jabari does his work early. Like he is immediately looking for a body, boxing out, and, and and making sure he's in great position to get the defensive board. But I do feel like it's just another step to be aware that when he is actively guarding somebody, he needs to also be ready to turn around and grab that defensive rebound if he forces a miss. So very, very impressed with both sides of what we saw from Jabari Smith Jr. in this game, his breakout summer league performance, if you will. Coming up, we're going to talk about the other Rockets in this game who stood out. Tari Eason continues to be an absolute beast in summer league, the only player in summer, summer league averaging over 15 points and 10 rebounds per contest. We're going to talk about him. We'll talk about Dacian Nix and his impressive performance quarterbacking the Rockets offense. We're going to get there in just a quick moment after a message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, when it comes to protein bars, you got to check out Built Bar. They're the number one protein bar on the market, and for very good reason. Every single bar that they offer is coated in 100% delicious chocolate. They're not gritty or chalky like other protein bars on the market. They've got so many incredible flavors to choose from. You got strawberry, raspberry, salted caramel, mint brownie, peanut butter, coconut brownie chunk, plain coconut. I can go on and on and on. The list just it just it's endless. 
My personal favorite is coconut brownie chunk, though. It's I think that's the best one. Every single bar is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing. If you're on a keto diet, amazing. If you're trying to cut back a little bit, lose a little bit of weight, you can check them out. Just go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your very next order of the best-tasting protein bars on the market. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. We're going to talk about a little, we'll talk a little bit about Tari Eason here in just a second, but kind of want to talk a little bit about the just general game flow of this one, right? The Rockets gave up that, you know, insane 34 point second quarter to the San Antonio Spurs, which side note on the Spurs, uh, Malachi Branham is a baller. Uh, he, he is going to, He's going to be really good for the Spurs. He had 20 points, six boards, a couple of assists, a couple steals, eight of 18 shooting, three of seven from three. Uh, the, the Spurs, you know, got another good one with him. So kudos to them for picking him up. But, uh, you know, just the general game flow here, it was so impressive to see the Rockets again really dig into the defensive side of things, especially in that second half. Because even though Jabari Smith, as I, as I mentioned in the first segment, right, even though he was the one being so vocal and really quarterbacking things. Maybe it starts with one player, but it takes an entire team, right? And that was Coach Higgins' message after the game is that it's never just one guy, right? And it's never just him as the coach because we were asking him questions like, what changed in the second half defensively? And his whole point was they bought in, right? They brought the right energy. They changed their mentality, their energy, their physicality in the second half. And I do think a big part of that is the communication element, right? Going back into the locker room at halftime, understanding, hey, we just gave up a 34-point second quarter. Why? We have way, more than enough talent to stop these guys in their tracks defensively. Why did we give up 34 points in one quarter? And then they came out and held the Spurs to 11 points in the third quarter. And they continued to build on that, a 19-point fourth quarter for the Spurs, again, holding them to 30 points in just the second half of play. And that was buy-in from everybody. Jabari quarterbacking things, absolutely. But other guys are communicating out there. Tari is one of them who's out there communicating on defense. And it really did feel like, again, in that second half, the communication on defense and the intensity was like ratcheted up to 11. And that's how the Rockets were able to come away from the win in this one. At one point, the Rockets trailed 18. They were down 18 just before the half, and Dacian Nix had a really strong drive to the rim, finished at the cup, then he hit a three-pointer, then another play down, they get in transition, Jabari Smith Jr. finishes the transition layup, and then they set Jabari up for a three-pointer. That was a nice little 10-point swing there to get the Rockets to cut the lead to under 10 before halftime. It was They were down eight going into the half, so... That that little push at the end of the second quarter really set them up and gave them the momentum to get back into the game in the third quarter. But defense is how they won this game, right? Even though they they gave up a ton in that second quarter, their offense was a little shaky at times in this game. But because their defense was so locked in in that third quarter and just in general that second half, that's how they were able to come away with the win in this one. And a big, a big proponent of what the Rockets did in this game was Tari Eason, who continues to look like the absolute steal of the draft at pick 17 for the Houston Rockets. He had 22 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 9 of 16 shooting from the floor, 2 of 3 overall from downtown, and then 2 of 3 at the charity stripe. I, I mean... 
I, I am like, there's a reason I wanted Tari Eason, right? Like I, early in the draft process, I was like, this is the guy, this is the guy for the Rockets with pick 17 at the top of my board. The guy that I wanted, like number one besides Jabari, right? But, you know, for pick 17 was Tari. And this is why he is so versatile on the basketball floor. And and here's a big thing, right? Throughout the pre-draft process, one of the things that popped up about Tari was his supposed lack of basketball IQ. Ha- haven't seen that yet. He He plays super, like, he plays incredibly smart basketball. I don't know where that is. Like, offensively, I kind of thought that it, it in game one, I did think he tunnel-visioned a little bit. I think he was being a little overly aggressive offensively. I think he really wanted to go out there and show what he could do. He had the nine three-pointers, right? Like, that's that's not necessarily his game, right? These past two games, though, he's playing his game, and it looks so damn good. Like, he's going out there, and one, the defensive side of things, right? The length between him and Jabari Smith causes so much pro- causes so many problems defensively for the opposing team because they're able to, they're able to cut off driving lanes. They're able to switch effectively multiple positions. He can guard out on the perimeter. He can guard inside, and then he's got this ridiculous wingspan, so he's just constantly contesting anything anybody puts up near him. There was a drive where one of the Spurs players drove in, and. Tari had like the weirdest contest, but it worked. And it was, it was at the top of the key. Spurs player drove in with their right hand. Right. And so it's a right side drive. And normally, right. If you're trying to contest that right side drive, you'd probably go up with your left hand to contest it. Tari had this weird, like he jumped to contest it and he kind of started with his left hand. And then he was in the air long enough that he swung back through with his right hand. And it was kind of like this weird, like choppy looking contest, but it forced the miss. Right. And it's it's those types of like effort plays on defense that make him who he is as a player, just putting forth that insane amount of 110 percent energy at all times. And so not only defensively is he getting it done on the glass, he's getting it done. He's absorbing so many rebounds, but he's also active on the offensive side of things. Right. He had five offensive boards in this game like that is absurd and entire like his entire offensive package is much more than I thought it would be at this point. And, and what's really impressed me, like he's got the ability to put the ball on the floor, to finish at the rim. He's got the three-point shooting, which feels in, like very, very comfortable right now, especially from the corners, right? Shout out to, the, the if you put on the jersey 17 as a Houston Rocket, you're going to be a fan favorite. You're going to be able to defend at a high level, and you're going to be able to shoot corner threes. Shout out to Mario Ellie, shout out to PJ Tucker, and shout out to Tari Eason, right? That's a long lineage of the dudes who are rocking 17 for the Houston Rockets. Offensively, though, his playmaking has really stood out to me. He makes good decisions, both in transition and in the half court, right? Finding the next right pass, finding the next guy to keep the offense flowing. And I think that that was like the kind of standout difference between game one and then game two and three is game two and three. It feels like he's playing his game, right? He's letting the game kind of come to him. He isn't forcing the issue too much offensively. He's not trying to showcase himself too much. He's just relaxed, playing his game, attacking when he can, getting out in transition when he can, causing havoc on the defensive side of the floor. He had that one pick where the Spurs had just inbounded the basketball and Tari forced a, a turnover in the backcourt and then passed it over to Dacian Nix. Dacian drove it in and, and 
dished it back to Tari. It was a nice little, you know, two on one that they created after Tari forced the steal in the backcourt. And it's little, it's those little moments like that that are going to like over the course of a game, those are winning basketball plays. And Tari Eason is to this point, like, I mean, you, you can make the argument he's been the Rockets' best player in summer league, right? Because Jabari had some struggles in game one. Game two offensively didn't quite deliver, even though the shot profile was good, couldn't hit the shots, and then finally really put it all together, the defensive side and the offensive side in game three. But as far as consistency of play, Tari Eason might maybe has been the Rockets' most consistent best player in summer league so far, and that's why he's looking like he's the steal of the draft because he is – outplaying everybody again he is the only player in summer league right now through three games averaging over 15 points a contest he's right at 6.7 or 16.7 i should say um and then over 10 rebounds per game which he's averaging 11.7 rebounds per contest that's better those numbers are better than chet holmgren isaiah stewart and mark williams that is like tari eason's outperforming guys who were selected ahead of him and, and and guys who were coming back for their second stint of summer league in Isaiah Stewart beef stew over there from the Detroit Pistons. So really impressed with what we saw out of Tari Eason, uh, his game, like the rock, look, the Rockets may have lucked into a, a long-term starting fit at their small forward spot. And I had reservations, right? I thought the small forward spot was going to be a lock to be Eric Gordon or Jay Sean Tate this season. And well, I still think that's going to be the case. Tari Eason could very easily be the starting three at some point this season. I don't think it's going to happen on opening night because I think there's still guys with a, you know, a bit more experience ahead of him in the, in the lineup, in the rotation, but he could very well be the long-term starting fit next to Jabari and Alper and Shingun in the Rockets front court. And that is an insane front court to think about for years to come. So with that, I want to get to final thoughts from this game. Still want to talk about Dacian Knicks in the final segment. We're going to get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, before I talk about Dacian Nix a little bit, I do want to run back a clip uh, that has to do with both Dacian Nix and Tari Eason from the post-game media availability after this one. So let's run that back right now. So like playing with Eason, what does he bring to the court? Tari, he's a hard worker, and that's what everybody wants on the team. Somebody that works hard, plays defense, plays offense, can drive the ball, can shoot, and make open shots, and that's what I'm pretty sure every organization wants. Would you say he is better here than Not at all. <laughs> Reporter Tari Eason, hard at work. Look, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, Tari is giving... Josh Christopher, a run for his money as the most charismatic member of this Houston Rockets team. The other day in practice, we were interviewing him, you know, asking him some questions and he's very, he's a little expressive with his hands. Like he moves his hands around a lot when he's talking and he bumped our phones a couple of times. Cause you know how the, the media scrums work. You see the videos from it. We're like holding our phones right up at the players, videotaping, you know, audio recording, whatever. And he bumped a couple of the phones a couple of times. And like on the third or fourth time that he did it, he looked down and he, he goes, he kind of goes, oh, sorry. And he goes, he reacts. And he goes, I'm sorry. My hands are so big. And like, he was so beside himself with it, came across so genuine. And not only that, right. After every media scrum that we do with Tari Eason, where, you know, he's got guys around him asking him questions. He shakes the hand of every reporter 
in the media availability session. He did it at practice. He did it right after the game. Immense amount of respect for this young man who was raised right, who has, you know, the utmost amount of respect for those around him. Seriously, the most might be the most charismatic member of this Houston Rockets team. Him and Josh Christopher are right there neck and neck at this point. But I figured I'd run that clip back because it's just a ton of fun. Uh, let's talk a little a little Dacian Knicks now, who, again, I said after his bad game one to not overreact to, you know, his performance there. Right. We've seen what he was able to do in the G League. We saw some flashes of what he was able to do with the Houston Rockets. And he finished this game in an incredibly strong way. He had 18 points, three rebounds, six assists, two steals, seven of 15 shooting, also shot three of five from behind the three-point line. He and Jabari Smith combining for six of the Rockets' 10 three-pointers in this game. Overall, a really, really solid night for Dacian Nix, orchestrating the offense, putting guys in positions to be successful, kind of towing that line between being aggressive offensively and looking for his shot, as well as putting other, as well as distributing the basketball, pardon me, distributing the basketball and finding other guys, finding guys in the right spots to be successful on the floor. And I got the chance at practice the other day to ask Coach Higgins about that. And this kind of stems back to the second Rocket Summer League game. Into the game, there was a moment where Dacian waved off Josh Christopher and set up something else. And so I asked Coach Higgins about that and what it means for Dacian Nix. Dacian's not the biggest vocal guy, but his basketball intelligence, basketball IQ is very, very high. You wouldn't know it because he doesn't always open his mouth. When he opens his mouth, his decisions like those, and if you pay attention to it and watch him, he's putting guys in a lot of positions to be successful. And the more he trusts himself to do that, the more teammates listen to it, it just helps the team. I mean, there's a reason he's the point guard of this team. There's a reason. There is a reason he is the point guard for this team, right? That is the coach saying he. there is a reason that he's the point guard for this team. And I do think that things helped kind of shift a little bit in game two and subsequently in game three for Dacian as he got a little bit more comfortable with these guys. He spoke after the game basically saying that, you know, kind of talking about being that vote, like, you know, embracing more of a vocal leadership role, uh, which coach mentioned, right, saying that he's not the most vocal guy. I asked about how this coaching staff is helping him find his voice, right, helping him, you know, grow into that leadership role offensively. And he spoke about the fact that having Coach Mahmoud Abdelfada on the on the roster really does help him because he's got that prior established connection with him from the G League. So he's got that confidence in him as a player to put him in the right positions to help him feel like he's doing the right things. And again, when we what we've seen out of Dacian so far through the G League, through these few summer league games, he understands how to run an offense, right? He is a legitimate point guard. And Ty Ty Washington is as well. But I do think that you look at, you know, Ty Ty Washington over these last couple of games, not to say that he's had like bad games, but Dacian has outshined him in these past couple of games, right? The, tonight in this one, Dace, or, uh, Ty Ty Washington had eight points, two rebounds, four assists, three steals, four of 10 shooting from the floor. Still a solid night of production for Ty Ty Washington, but those who were immediately ready to throw Ty Ty Washington ahead of Dacian Nix in the Rockets rotation, I was like, pump your brakes. 
Dacian, to me, is going to be the de facto backup point guard this next season for the Houston Rockets. He's going to be the guy getting 12 to 15 minutes a night, backing up Kevin Porter Jr., soaking up those those true legitimate backup point guard minutes. Ty Ty Washington you know, will probably be the guy that probably spends a little bit of time at the G League level so that he can get some burn. Very similar to how Josh Christopher did this past Rocket season where he went down to the G League for a brief stint, spent some time down there, you know, that kind of thing. So with... Dacian Nix impressed with his game, like what we saw out of him. I do think that overall he needs to work on that. He needs to work on his leadership, right? If you're in the point guard position, you've got to be confident in the the decisions that you're making on the floor and vocalizing those decisions to your team. So that's what I'm going to be looking for out of Dacian Nix, depending on if he plays more summer league games or not. That's that's kind of what I'm going to be paying attention to. Can he keep this up? Can he be consistent? Because when he was with the Rockets this past season, I think there were times where he was a bit too tentative offensively, right? Where maybe he was out there and he was like, oh, I'm, I'm just a G League kid. Like, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I'm just going to come out here. I'm going to set other guys up. I'm not going to look for mine. Dacian's at his best when he's being aggressive offensively, right? When he is looking to drive into the paint, get those drive and kick opportunities set up for his teammates. That's when he's at his best. Not when he's just kind of walking the ball up and he's like, all right, and, you know, here you go. Toss the ball into the post. Let somebody else do, you know, let somebody else start the action. No. And then his three-point shot looks a lot better. Like, he has put so much work in that three-point shot. The quick release is fantastic. He had one where he just dribbled up, started to kind of set up the action offensively, and the defense sagged off him a bit, and he was like, all right, fine, I'll just pull it. And he pulled the three and knocked it down immediately. Loved that aggressiveness from Dacian Nix. Elsewhere in this game, Josh Christopher... Yet another solid performance in this one. 18 points on 6 of 13 shooting. 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. He had a monster block in this game that he had like zero business getting. In fact, he went on social media afterwards and was like talking about like if the refs even were going to blow the whistle calling it a foul. Because he got a lot of body on that insane block that he had. He had a couple poster dunks in this game. Uh, had, you know, well, I can't say poster dunks, breakaway, like in transition, open court dunks. He had one to cap the game off, like the cherry on top of this one for the Rockets at the very, very end. They forced the turnover on the other, they forced the, the turnover on the other end. Outlet pass to Josh. He gets it in the open court with like 15 seconds left in the game and just absolutely yams it home. The Spurs had 25 turnovers in this game. The Rockets off of those turnovers, I want to make sure I can, get the stat correct here if my scoreboard will actually load uh do i have my points off turnovers here i don't have my points off turnovers where's my points off turnovers stat oh man all right my chrome extension is bugging all right that's not cool i'm gonna blame it on it being a summer league box score because normally i have the uh this awesome chrome extension that like breaks down extended stats for me and it's not here right now which is unfortunate but the rockets forced 25 turnovers against the san antonio spurs That is an impressive number, right? Defensively, they were getting after it. They were making the Spurs super uncomfortable with the basketball, creating a lot of opportunities for them to get those easy transition buckets on offense. And I do think that that's going to be an area that we see change a lot this season with the addition of Lionel Hollins on the coaching staff, with the addition of guys like Jabari Smith, Tari Eason, with guys like Josh Christopher, KJ Martin, Jay Sean Tate, Jalen Green, KPJ, all these guys, another year under their belts defensively. This Rockets team is going to be so much better defensively, which will then allow them the opportunity to utilize the fact that they are a young run and gun team to get out and transition and get those easy transition opportunities, right? To score the basketball at a high level with these insane athletes that want to get out and run and gun and attack and transition. So 
we saw that on display in this game. Josh Christopher, a big part of that, felt like his defense uh, was really kind of out of the world in this out of this world in this game, really making his presence felt on that side of the floor. I did like that they started with Ty Ty Washington in the starting lineup over Anthony Lamb. It felt like having uh, their five best players out there on the floor uh, was a lot more conducive to uh, you know to to maximizing the, you know, the ability of all five guys on the court, right? Having that second or having a, a tertiary ball handler, I should say out there in Ty Ty Washington, another guy who kind of embodies more of that pure point guard personality who can really create at a high level, having two of those guys on the floor in Ty Ty and Josh Christopher really helped this Rockets team. I feel like offensively get into a flow, get into a rhythm. And it really, it really showed best in the second half in that third quarter when their defense also started to match the intensity, the, the ability of what they were taking care of offensively. Really impressed with their third summer league game, right? This was a San Antonio Spurs Spurs team that was playing some really good summer league basketball and the Rockets came out and especially in that second half, it made them look like chumps, right? Beat them by 13 and I will say that during Rockets pre or during the pregame routine, which I think because technically the Rockets were the home team in this one, maybe they got to select the pregame music. But there was a lot of like Houston-based music being bumped pregame, and at one point, like Tops Drop came on, and I was like, "Oh, all right, Rockets are winning by twenty if they're going to play Tops Drop in the arena right before the game." So that was cool. Um, just random sidebars there. But with that, those are final thoughts from this game. Third summer league game in the books for the Houston Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. We're also on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Let me know your thoughts about this third summer league game for the Houston Rockets. What was your favorite part of this game? I do read each and every comment every single day. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.